I'm never going to apologize for winning. Breaks a tackle. Now another. He's inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. He is sacked. Down he goes. Tyler Hoover breaks away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Spartan Red Zone with your hosts, Dan Tyler and Andre Sims. All right, what's happening in East Lansing? You're listening to another edition of the Spartan Red Zone, as always, with your boy, Dan Tyler. And I got to the left of me, my fellow host, Andre Sims. Dre, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. A little under the weather, but I'll be all right. I'll be all right. All right, good, good. And I bet you're especially good after getting the bounce back W on Saturday. Bounce back, a, a statement game, like Coach D said. Yeah, we were really excited about the win, and we going to pick it up, pick it up another notch. Um, one more week, and then we start the Big Ten. Absolutely, man, getting to that time. But, you know, the last time we talked, actually, it seems like a long time ago, but yeah. it was like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, about, yeah, about two weeks ago. Uh, and you were talking about how, you know, you guys were just coming off that tough loss at Oregon. And you guys had obviously a bye week the week after it. So you're saying how you guys were kind of chomping at the bit to get back out there on the field. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, for those of you that watched the game, it was pretty much over before it started. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of like you blinked and all of a sudden it's a 28 nothing lead. So was that, was that a product of you guys just really having that extra week, having that sour taste in your mouth after a loss and having to, to hang on to that sour taste for an extra week, waiting to get back on the field? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. You know, the bye week was obviously a, a good thing for us physically. Um, <clears throat> the loss to Oregon uh, mentally had us really uh, anxious to get back on the field. And then just letting everybody know that this was a statement game, like Coach D said, uh, we needed to come out and we needed to uh, make our presence known. And we need to let the nation, as well as the Big Ten, know that you know, we trying to lead the pack as far as leading the Big Ten in the nation, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, this this game was more like a, you know, here's a little taste of what we can do when we're clicking. I mean, I'm not saying we were perfect. Never, no, Nobody's never perfect, ever perfect. But we, you know, I feel like that game was kind of like it was a tune-up game. We need to tune ourselves up, get ready for what, what uh, what's coming up. Yeah, and definitely looked just like that, you know. Um, no, no disrespect to Eastern Michigan or anything. Oh no, but no, not at all. They were uh, they were outmatched from the first minute to the last minute. You know, it was uh, that's just kind of how it went, and and it was it was nice to see uh, not just from a Michigan State fan standpoint, but from a Big Ten fan standpoint, because everyone was kicking the Big Ten. They lost a couple games to MAC opponents. Mm-hmm. Then here comes a Mac opponent into Spartan Stadium, and and you guys put them down seventy three to fourteen. So, uh, statement is a good word for it. Something yeah. that you guys have used a lot. Uh, Coach D used it as well, and I think you guys really went out there and showed. You know, you guys aren't dwelling on the past. You know, not 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 looking in the rearview mirror like you. Pretty much exactly what you said the last time we talked. Uh, you guys are just going to keep moving forward, keep going with the season, and, and trying to take care of business as usual. And you guys sure as hell did that on Saturday, man. Um, but looking at the offense, you know, when you put up 73 points, you figure that it was a all-out, air-out attack, you know, lots of passing, going downfield. But 
has only attempted 19 passes. Um, was that something that you guys kind of planned on going into the game, or is it just something that happened in-game? I just feel like the coaches emphasize to us as a team or as an offense that when we run the ball for over 100 yards um, in a game, then nine times out of ten we're going to win a game. But, you know, we also have athletes on the outside that can make a big play. And I, I think, you know, piggybacking off last year, you know, the wide receiver was like, very motivated to let people know that, you know, we can also carry the team down the field when, when it's third and, you know, 10 or third and long. You know, we, we don't want people to second-guess us because we don't second-guess ourselves. So when we go out there and make a big play, you know, we get each other hype. It's just that attitude amongst us to let us know that, you know, we dogs too. We out there eating, everybody eating, you know. So it's it's like like I said, we, we pride the Spartan football on the offensive side of the ball, prides ourselves on running the ball, pound, green, pound. That's what we've been doing for the longest. It's tradition here. But at the same time, when we're needed as a uh, as a wide receiver group, then we, we, we come in clutch. So, Yeah, definitely. And um, I think, you know, obviously we've talked about this as well. After, after 2012, the wide receiver unit was a huge question mark. And 2013 pretty much put those questions to rest. You know, you guys had a, a great and deep receiving group that looks to be even better this year. You know, you guys have had some big games, and obviously the numbers weren't astounding on Saturday, but that's just because they didn't need to be. You know, and um, someone who's really kind of stand out, seems to be leading the group, is is Tony Lippett, again, two more touchdowns. Um, so what have you seen out of him his senior year, you know, kind of taking over a little bit of a leadership role and – kind of leading this receiver group that you guys are in? Well, in the summertime when we uh, when we were going into camp, he kind of pulled us all to the side and was just like, him and Keith um, pulled us off to the side and was basically um, pouring out his heart. This is his senior year. He wants to go out on top. And, you know, he wants us to know that he's willing to do any and everything he can to help this team win. And he wanted us to give him reassurance that when – any one of the other wide receivers on the field that we're going to give 110%. And that's that's a good leader. And, you know, he's on the uh, Eagles Council, um, him and Keith on the Eagles Council, um, the two seniors in the wide receiver room. Uh, everybody looks up to them. But I feel like from last year to now, he's set a bar for himself that just, you know, he's trying to elevate his game. You know what I'm saying? And each and every game he goes out there and he proves that, you know, I me personally think that he's one of the, he's the best wide receiver amongst amongst the ones we got on our team that in uh, in the Big Ten can compete. You know what I'm saying? He's like one of those guys, probably at the top of the list, if not number one. So I mean, with Tony, it's just like he's inspiring, um, a big brother figure, um, positive, funny. You know what I'm saying? It's just any any and every characteristic you can give to a leader that's what he has and when he goes on the field he gives it all he got and when you when you have somebody in front of you that does that um it only trickles down to everybody behind him so I think him and Keith same with Keith um same attributes so when you have two guys uh in the room that are like that it's just the chemistry is going to be good and then the leadership you know will follow so definitely definitely and, and you can definitely see that on the field and and I think it it says a lot trying to, you know, corral a few different guys can be one thing, but you guys have a real deep group 
Real um, deep. Yep. So that that's got to be another challenge within itself. And and speaking about your depth a little bit, really quickly, despite only throwing 19 passes and and a lot of the offensive production coming on the ground because obviously you know after the first quarter it's already a blowout and you guys have said time in and time out you're not out here trying to embarrass teams and run up the score but when a team turns it over six times which we'll talk about later you can't really help but score but you guys had nine guys catch the ball or get different catches in here and you know people like Lippet like we talked about AJ Troop and his kind of breakout season still playing well Obviously, yourself got to give you some props with a few nice catches, and just down the line, you know, Connor Cook and even O'Connor and Terry getting in there later, spreading the ball out. So, you know, how have some of the younger guys as well helped kind of add to the to the depth of this unit? Um, this wide receiver group has so many playmakers, and they and they really, uh, as far as the young the young cats really emerged um, in the in the in fall camp. And it was a hard decision for the coaches to actually, you know, try to get everybody in because we were all making plays. It was like back to back to back. Players were just making plays right and left. And it's good to have that, you know. It's good to have young guys come in and make a play and just make an impact quick. Um, so, I mean, it brings a lot of depth in the wide receiver room. So when somebody goes down, it's no hesitation to put this guy in because he's going to make a play. So, I mean, that's good as a group that we have a lot of guys that are willing and able to do uh, what the team needs them to do to, to win. And it's a plus that they're all athletic and they can compete at, at any school in the Big Ten. So I feel like this wide receiver group, we have grown a lot. Um, like I said, that's 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 um, that shows how good the leadership is. And it's just it'll only get better because um, once Keith and Tony leave, we have people to step up. Uh, Troop's doing good. Um, we got a lot of a lot of guys, Monty Medeiros, uh, DeAnthony Arnett, that, the, the list goes on. But we just have a number of guys in the in the room that are, you know, able to compete at the high high level, and it's good amongst us because we're competing against each other and we're all making big plays. So, you know, we keep our swords sharpened at all times. Yeah, definitely, and it's, you know, Michigan State's had some good offenses in the past, but I think this year is 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 something different from years previous in terms of your guys' depth at different positions and the balance of it. You know, other years, like 2012, Le'Veon Bell was a great running back. He's obviously doing big things in Pittsburgh in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the passing game wasn't there. And other years, the passing game has been there, but the running game isn't there. But this year, I think, is a pretty impressive amount of a blend of rushing attack and offensive attack. And you guys can show in different games, you can show off those different facets of the offense. Uh, but moving on a little bit to the defense, because you know, everyone sees that first number, that 73 points, the third most he has ever scored since, I think, 1931 or something like that, which is incredibly impressive. But you know, at the same time, the defense just stifled anything and everything that Eastern threw at him pretty much. He knows... They had one yard of total offense in the first half. Total snoozer, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, how how did you see them prepare over the past couple of weeks after, you know, putting up – they haven't let a team score over 40 points in I don't know how long. Um, that's not something that they're used to. And, and obviously an offense like Oregon's a couple of weeks ago is, is, is a different story, but – that's just not something that Michigan State defense is used to. And they came out, they really showed what they were about on Saturday, letting up only 
five first downs the whole game. A couple broken coverages led to a couple different touchdowns, which some people weren't too happy about, but at the end of the day, still a dominant performance. So how did they you know, really put in that work in those couple weeks they had in between the games? I feel like they, um, as a unit, were upset at the fact that, you know, how Oregon, uh, how the Oregon game went, and everybody was, but I feel like Coach Narduzzi drove it deep in them, uh, really just let them have it. It was just like, because Coach Narduzzi is so passionate about what he does, you know, he's he's the best at what he, what he does, I think, but he's so passionate, and he'll let you know, like, no sugar coating, no nothing. He'll just let you know how it is. And I think from from Oregon on, They've just had that, you know, that not a chip, but they just been they had they've been hungry. They've been they want to let people know that um, it wasn't it wasn't a fluke. I ain't gonna say it was a fluke, but they just wanted to let people know that uh, they can bounce back. And you know, from now on, it's gonna be you're gonna have to earn uh, earn the points that you that you're trying to get. And that's been the whole motto of the defense uh, for the past couple of years. Um, as far as you know, this week of preparing and the off week, they they've been putting in more work than than anybody. They watching film, um, doing different things to to help out coverages and you know get things squared away. Um, the defense is just right now they're relentless and they're thinking, they're hungry like I said and they they're out to prove a point. Yeah, and you can definitely tell uh, the way they came out on Saturday that, that that they are trying to prove that point and you know forcing a lot of turnovers in their own zone as well leading to quick and early touchdowns for you guys' offense. So looking at the grand scheme of things here and I've asked you this question a hundred times but I feel like I got to keep asking it. Oh. Uh new playoff system, obviously resumes and stuff like that are getting put into account but at the end of the day only four teams can go, and especially this season, more than most, I feel like it's impossible to take to say these are the four best teams. Because you see teams like, you know, Florida State one week will look like that dominant defending national champion team that they are. Then you know, last week they should have lost to Glemson. There's no doubt about it. Even Florida State fans will tell you they should have lost. Um, but you know, it was another week where a couple teams dropped you know the teams like LSU lost to Mississippi State and stuff and helping you guys move up a little bit more so you guys dropped to 13 I believe it was after the lost Oregon had a bye week teams ahead of you lost moved up to 11 obviously had that big win on Saturday some more teams lost ahead of you moved up to nine so do you guys I know you're not looking at games watching games and rooting for specific teams but do you look at some of the scores from that previous Saturday, like, all right, nice. You know, this team that was supposed to be ahead of us, they just dropped one they shouldn't have. That's going to hurt their resume, boost us up a little bit. So, like, how, how do you guys deal with some of the other premier matchups going on in the college football world? The coaches, the coaches, they'll tell us, like, you know, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. It's all about us. Let's just keep focus on us. But, I mean, we got a bye week. We're going to watch the teams, and we're going to be like, oh, yeah, if they do this, this is going to happen. We'll move down and do all this. That's all fine and good. But coaches are right at the end of the day. If we do what we got to do, everything will take care of itself. If we win all the games ahead of us, all the way up to the Big Ten Championship, we'll be in the Rose Bowl. And <clears throat> everything else will take care of itself. I mean, the teams that are in front of us, most of them are in the same conference. So it's either 
they're going to one of the teams is going to lose and we'll just keep uh gradually um getting lower in the in the polls. So I mean, if we do what we have to do, then like I said everything else will take care of itself. It's all fine and good. You know, everybody watches college football, you know, everybody has the team that they want to win and the team that, you know, they think is going to lose and that's that comes with the game, but you know, we look at it as, you know, that's over there. We're up here. We're in the Big 10, so we're going to focus on what we got to do in our conference get to the Big Ten Championship, which is the number one goal, and then whatever happens after that happens, Rose Bowl, National Championship, whatever. Whatever happens after the Big Ten, then we'll, you know, step back and look at the broader the broader uh, scope of things. But right now we're just moving forward, and then our goals are set on getting back to Indy. Okay, okay. You know, uh, that, that makes sense. I got to say, like, as a fan, you know, I'll be watching this, trying to think about, or if they drop, this happens. But um, you know, as a team, you guys gotta you guys gotta focus on the task at, at hand. And I think that really showed that you guys have that mentality in that game against Eastern. That game could easily have been a game where you guys are like, ah, oh, this team's not that good. We got Big Ten season around the corner. Let's brush it off. But you came out firing early and often, and it showed. So, but speaking about the Big Ten, you know. Because Big Ten play, obviously you got Wyoming next week, and then Nebraska comes to town, and, and there it is. It's Big Ten play starting already. So they, uh, the conference as a whole was getting kind of kicked while they were down over the last couple of weeks. But I think maybe it was a baby step. But they took a step in the right direction this week. You know, um, teams like Wisconsin had a blowout win. You guys had a blowout win. Um, Indiana went at Missouri and beat them. And that was a top 20 SEC team that they took down. Um, so how are you feeling about just the conference's status as a whole and your guys' work you have to do against some of those teams? Uh, I just feel like um, the conference as a whole right now is a little rough. Yeah, we, we're not looking too good right now. But, I mean, once we get into the Big Ten um, and start playing each other, then things will, you know, start to roll. I mean, you got different game plans for a lot of teams that you normally don't play, like Indiana doesn't normally play Missouri on a regular basis, and all these uh, Ohio State, you know, Virginia Tech and all that. They don't, they don't really play these teams on a normal basis, so that's different game plan. It's just totally different from, you know, playing for a team that you play every single year. So it's different in that aspect, but at the same time, you know, we still got to, we all have to represent for the Big Ten. And, you know, as a whole right now, I mean, it's kind of looking iffy, you know. But uh, we – I ain't going to say we we as Michigan State are carrying the torch, but right now it's just like we we really just have to keep uh, putting the press on for the Big Ten because the way it's looking is just, you know, that's what that's what it is. We carrying the torch right now. But um, I feel like I feel like the teams will start to – pick it up a little bit. No, we only got one more game till conference starts, but I'm I'm confident that, you know, we'll pick it up and we'll we'll be we'll be all right. We we'll, I mean, this conference is um is it has a strong tradition of toughness, physical, we'll be physical and we're never going to quit. So, and that's one of the reasons why I came up here Big 10. Um this is the toughness and you know, it takes a certain type of player to play in the cold, you know, a well-rounded player, but you know, it's just it's different. It's a different conference, but I feel like we'll, as a group, uh, collectively, we'll pick it up. Definitely, and you speaking about 
kind of taking the torch for yourself, I think you guys definitely got to do that. Not only are you the top-ranked team, uh, just looking at you know national rankings and whatnot, but you know when you're the defending Big Ten champs and stuff like that, a certain amount is looked on to you. And then you know when teams that were supposed to be premier, like like Ohio State, are struggling, and it was kind of like you know Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan State at the beginning of the season. Now people are kind of souring on on Wisconsin and Ohio State. So I think, uh, you know, there is is a lot that comes down to, to you guys, to Michigan State, on, on kind of helping carry that conference's name. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's that's fine with us. We don't – we'll we'll accept it. We'll take the torch and run with it. It's, it don't matter to us. I mean, it's it's all about the – at the end of the day, you know, we bringing money to the whole Big Ten as a, as a uh, collective group. And if we are selected as – the torchbearers to carry the Big Ten, um, you know, to a to a Rose Bowl or to a national championship. Hey, so be it. That's what we're gonna do. All right. And speaking of the Big Ten and teams on tough times, I gotta ask you a tough question. Everyone wants to know about Michigan. What's going on with Michigan? They just got dropped by Utah. I personally was rooting for them. You know, I, I have. Some ties to Michigan and stuff, I guess a little bit of a bias, but at the same time, you know, I think it just looks good for the Big Ten for Michigan to be good. Um, so are there any, you know, is there anything being said in the locker room, any thoughts about Michigan being 2-2 two and two and, you know, them being on the decline? Ah, uh, man, this is a really hard question because... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but uh, I'm curious. I want to say... I want to say this. We uh, collectively as a group, the Big Ten, you know, if we, you know, had to root for, you know, a team that we really don't like that's in our conference versus a team that's, you know, not in our conference, yeah, of course we're going to go with the, the team that's in our conference because it's our conference. We want our conference to be on top. But at the same time, it's like, man, that yellow, man. I don't know, but yeah, you don't like the maze. Nah, it's not my color. It don't look good on me. So, I, <laughs> but I mean, I it's, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I, hopefully, they can get it together. Uh, come come time to play us, because if not, then let's just skip that. We I ain't even gonna talk about that. But you know, I, hopefully, they get it together. Hey, I mean, all right, you don't need to say anything. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm not sure if I'm reading your mind. I'm not going to say these are yeah, your I thoughts, don't. but these are my thoughts. There you go. If they don't get it together, they're in for a rough visit to East Lansing, man. And that's not just me, the Michigan State homer, saying that. You know, I my older brother went to Michigan. My All my cousins go to Michigan. My aunts and uncles almost all went to Michigan. They say the same exact thing. They're like, if it we is don't it is. figure it out immediately, we're getting dropped in East Lansing bad. I and the sky don't lie, man. They just they just need to pick it up. For yeah, the Big Ten for to do it for the Big Ten. That's what hey, that's what we can hope for. But they, you know, they're done with their non-conference, so it's it's time to see what they can do in the Big Ten. Obviously, I want them to do well. I want to see them pick it up. So. The game has a little more hype behind it right. when they come in town because, you know, it's 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 always nice taking on your rival and, you know, as the past has showed, beating your rival. But uh, it's even better if your rival's a relevant team. Right. But, you know, 
if if they don't figure it out fast, this could be looking like, you know, the ten years ago games between Michigan and Michigan State, just a, a complete role reversal, though. Yeah. And uh, you know, we don't want to see that. We we would like to see a tough game and yeah, like take I said, on a tough team. I, I hope they, I hope they, you know, get the ball rolling. So you know, when it comes time to play. Then it'll be a, a big game, a hype game. Hope is that game at night? Do you know? I haven't looked. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's still to be announced. Um, it'd be dope if it was it, a night. It, game. It would be nice if they if they win up until the, it's time to play us. It might turn out to be a, a night game, which would be cool. But you know, like I said, night or day, it doesn't matter. You know, hopefully they get it together before they come they come here to the woodshed because. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not even going to go there. So I mean, yeah, you guys will be ready to play, right? And and they have not been ready to play. And if they can't get in the red zone versus Utah, Michigan State's a different story, man. (laughs) But one more thing, though, easier question to answer. So I'm scrolling through my Twitter timeline right before we were doing the show, and I'm seeing someone retweet one of Mike Sadler's tweets, and it was pretty funny. And I'm not like. Foreign, foreign to seeing people retweet some of Mike Sadler's stuff, you know, going to MSU and stuff like that. But I saw who retweeted it, and it's my younger cousin, who I don't know if he's ever sat down and watched a full football game. He's just not into sports, let's right. just say that. Um, so he definitely would not know who Mike Sadler is. But he's retweeting a bunch of Mike Sadler's tweets. Like one of them was, uh, which came first? The yoga pants or the pumpkin spice latte? Hashtag false unanswered questions. So the kid is always always up on Twitter tweeting something funny. Uh, do you guys like give him some crap in the locker room for some of the stuff that he's tweeting out there? Or is it just like a funny team joke? Or what's the deal there? Mike is a character. I don't think anybody really says anything to him because he'll come back with something crazy. Like He's so witty. It's, it's crazy how smart he is. Like He just... He's smart to the point where it just it's just annoying, kind of <laughs> annoyingly funny. It just I don't know how to explain it. He's just some some of the things he says is like over the top, but it kind of makes you think like, wait a minute, yeah, what? Like it kind of it's just like I don't know. He's funny, but you know he'll he'll throw you for a loop every now and then. But he he witty and you know like, I mean everybody think it's funny. He cool. He a cool dude. It's just he just too smart for his own good. Let me just say that. Like an evil genius type, you know what? That's a perfect way of putting it. He evil. He evil. He's evil with a lot of brain. There you go. Who, who's a, who's a uh uh a evil a evil character like a novel character? Really smart. Who's do we have one? I mean, like classic villain type yeah. stuff. You do got we have like, like a? I don't know the Riddler maybe from Batman. You know what? Yeah, he yeah he kind of resembled. Yeah, he kind of like that's Mike. He he'll yeah he'll make you think, but it's like I can't explain it. He's just he's evil. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean though. This is my second time, two completely different podcasts that I'm bringing this up. But my boy Harry Jaden used to work here at the radio station, tennis player. Uh, he's an evil genius. That's why. I knew how to describe Mike immediately. Right, yeah. Uh, just, you know, a smart, real smart dude and a guy that you don't want to start, like, messing with right, because he'll, say something. he'll just get you on some crazy right. stuff. he'll say something really crazy to make you think. It, it'll it be an insult, and it'll be like, wait a minute, hold on, wait. 
It's just, he just, he'll do some stuff like that and think it's funny. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, he's a cool dude at the end of the day. He's all, he's all good. Would you say that he is the goofiest guy on the team? I wouldn't say he's the goofiest guy on the team. I, I, would, I would definitely say he's probably one of the smartest, if not the smartest person on the team. But goofy, he goofy, but he ain't. We got a lot of characters on the team. He, who's he, who's like up there comparing with them in terms of yeah. like goofiness, always cracking jokes and stuff. Uh, we voted last year on who was the funniest person, and I think it was either James Kittredge or uh, it might have been it might have been either LT or James Kittredge. Okay. Thompson. Them two are funny. They funny. They not they some characters. They crazy. But Mike, he he more on the. You know, he's smart, and he'll say a couple of crazy stuff every now and then. He kind of does what he wants, you know. He's yeah, been here for so long, he can do what he wants now. Yeah, you know, he does what he wants. Exactly. Whether it's like tweeting at college game day and stuff. Yeah, but. he does whatever he wants. I mean, you know, he hey, he earned it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, good to have a little insight on uh, who the goofy cats on the team are and who aren't. But, you know, I think that's all we got for the show today. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being on again, as always, Dre. Appreciate it. And looking forward to uh, another good week out there. And Saturday, you got Wyoming coming in town at yes, noon, sir. I believe. Yeah, another noon game, yeah. All right, another noon game. So that means getting up at 6.30, 7 a.m. for you crazy tailgaters out there. And we're signing off now. Take it easy, East Lansing. <laughs>